Normal service is resumed. New manager bounces. Derby Day wins. Welcome to the EFL Sesh podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the EFL Sesh podcast on what we can say is a standard normal episode. No FA Cup madness, no international breaks. Standard EFL Sesh podcast is back in the building. Um, I'm Andy. Um, I'm one of your illustrious co-hosts and my other illustrious co-host, Joe, is also here. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thank you. I'm feeling very, you're right, standard Standard business, standard service resumed. Orient losing. It's cold again. It's it's dark at like 4 p.m. Just all the classics, all the classics. Although my weekend was brightened up by uh, seeing in the flesh one of your sort of pre-season picks, Andy, Ruben Rodriguez. Although he was yeah. playing for the other team, which was very annoying. Um, class. What a player. One of those, Big you, you sort of watch him play, you're like, oh, he's just, just a bit better. He's just a bit better than everyone. <laughs> Very frustrating when you're playing against him, but yeah. So at, at least we we took that out of the out of that performance. No points, but everyone sort of, I don't know. We we've all got that in our memories now. I was there when uh, Ruben Rodriguez got. I think he scored twice actually, two goals and assist. Not bad. Not a bad outing. But... What a n- nice day at the office. It's actually nice that one of our early season predictions yeah. <laughs> sort of comes in a little bit. Because uh, uh, yeah, we're that's talk- very true. Garbage. That's probably a good way of saying it. Garbage. Mm. Season prediction. So no, I'm. I've been really impressed on a bit of a digress of the Cameron Brannigan, Ruben Rodriguez kind of midfield for Oxford. Mm. I think that's bearing some lovely fruit. Um, this this season so Ooh, far. Some, some lovely fruit. Lovely. Okay. Well, we're we're going down the rabbit hole now. What is your favourite fruit, Andy? Uh, yeah, I'm not really a fruit eater, but. I'm probably going to go like a cop out and probably like go grapes or strawberries. Probably they're they're the two I'd say. Um, that's fine. Yeah, I yeah. think that's what was what's cop out about that. Uh, yeah, grapes well, are great. I, I, I always think that people who don't like fruit like grapes because they're really sweet and like a sweet tooth. <laughs> like the hardcore people, like, yeah, I love a pear. Just love the flavour of a pear. Pears kind of like a acquired taste in my opinion. Maybe a load of people like pears. Comment comment uh, on yeah. our on our socials about that, please do. If if you're a pear lover, but yeah, I'm not a pear lover. I'm a I'm a grape lover. Mm, fair enough. That's good to know. I'll I'll bank that information for for future use. Good, love it. Well, we we are digressing, but we will um, crack on and let's plug the socials before we get started. Anyway, because um, like we said, it's just nice to have a bit of normality. It's like a normal standard bog standard structure for us on today's podcast and hopefully it's uh back to normal for, for the listeners as well and uh yeah before the international break you know boo we're we're, we're not looking forward to that but mm. yeah let's let's crack on so on the socials obviously please follow us on uh on twitter and instagram at efl sesh pod we love the interaction with all the different clubs and uh you know that we always try and like release all the latest news related to the um the teams and what's going on in in the world of the EFL because you know we absolutely love it we don't just love it on a Saturday and Sunday we love it on a Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday and a Friday um and just carry on that cycle we love it 
So yeah, please follow us on that. Listen to the podcast and all your major podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, all that lovely stuff. Give us a five-star review and keep putting it on in the background when you're uh, leaving the dog alone because um, we've had loads of... Mm. Uh, Loads of dogs come in and say, you know, it's it's a super relaxing, um, uh, stress, not stress inducing. Is that the word I'm looking for? Stress- I hope not. Stress yeah, relief. Yeah, yeah. stress they're, relief. They're though, yes, back. Yeah. Um, uh, our, our dulcet tones on the podcast. Mm. So yeah, we'll plug the socials. But before we get started into our game review, Joe, mm. um, I was hoping that the managerial merry-go-round would have had a little bit of a quiet period because we've had loads of change in the clubs. But literally, as of today, and Joe, you might not have seen this. but I was going to say, you're jumping me now. Rotherham United have actually got rid of their manager, Matt Taylor, as of today. Um, So that is the latest update as of, I think, about a few hours ago. We're recording this on a Monday evening. Um, So Matt Taylor has has gone, um, the Rotherham manager. from your initial just viewpoint, Joe, straight off the bat, what's your initial uh, initial reaction to it, mate? Hmm. Well, this is yeah, this is very hot off the press. I yeah. I am not no fun facts from me about this one. I've got I've got fresh air, but um, well, it's not. It doesn't seem particularly surprising because they are crap and they are just kicking about the bottom of the table. But <laughs> yeah, fine. I don't think it'll save them. I think Rotherham going down anyway. Crap club. Sorry, Rotherham, but. Yeah, I know. You're sorry, hate Rotherham. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess mate, it's classic, isn't it? Like a couple of bigger managers go, and then sort of medium-sized, smaller-sized clubs release theirs as well to try and pick one of the now jobless. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what we're we going to call them. I was going to say sharks, but they're not really sharks. Whales. We'll go Whale. for whales. Um, try and pick one of those up. But yeah, I, unsurprising. Going into Christmas, if you're kicking around the relegation zone, you're you're sweating as a manager. Cold beads of sweat dripping down Matt Taylor's back every mm. weekend. And uh I mean they, they lost this weekend, didn't they? To let me have a look. To oh what, yeah, they they did lose. They lost five nil, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, it was a very worth performance. But their last yeah. two results before that was a I think a nil-nil draw with QPR, which was Marty Sifuentes' first game, I think. Mm. And then uh, and then uh, they drew against Ipswich to last minute absolute bang. I watched it on the Tuesday on the Tuesday night because it was a uh, Ipswich mm. in hand from that game that got postponed because of the rain, which we yeah. have a very strong opinion on. Um, but, <laughs> uh, the what I think is they seem to be okay at home, but they're absolutely garbage away. Like like it's actually probably most teams that will probably play Rotherham away if Matt Taylor was involved probably would be licking their licking their hands and milk wiping what's your licking kids? their hands licking their hands licking not their licking lips their hands. surely that's not the word licking, licking um, what's what the word I was looking for you know when you're like rubbing your oh, hands oh rubbing your hands rubbing your hands I thought you were going for licking your lips yeah like, licking, although well, that, I love um, the idea that like you look over to the Rotherham away stand and they're no no because it would be Rotherham you'd be Rotherham looking at sort of <laughs> other teams away fans and just licking their hands just licking their hands what's that all about oh. Just, oh, that's oh. crazy my way of words completely precedes me always. Um, but uh, yeah, they, basically they think probably it would be an easy uh, home win essentially. And they need, a, I think probably the time is right. And I think um, before an international break again, it just seems to be the prime chopping block for managers to mm. to get them in, get them, you know, get them used to the team and get them ready for the next game week. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised in the slightest, but I think if we look at the, 
uh, I think your kind of theory of these jobless whales coming coming back into the fold. <laughs> um, it literally does say it. Chris Wilder out mm. of a job. Um, he's the favourite four to one with Skybet. Gary Rowett just lost his job at Millwall. Um, five mm. to one. Neil Warnock lost his job at lost his job at Huddersfield. Five to one. Funny enough, Steve Evans, the Jill- is it, who, who was he? Stevenage manager. He's Stevenage manager, that, currently, that would, yeah. That would be a maybe a good a good appointment. Well, oh, a- that'd be him returning, wouldn't it? I have very yeah. bad memories of Steve Evans at Rotherham. That was our our playoff Please final, two nil up. Uh, oh, I don't, yes. I don't, I, I forget how that game ended. Actually, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just called it off. But <laughs> um, and then some outsiders. We've got John Eustace, nine to one. Mm. Um, obviously lost his job at uh, Birmingham and Gareth Ainsworth at 10 to 1 um, obviously lost his job at uh, QPR probably wouldn't think that's as strong but yeah not as likely see, yeah um, I'd say the 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 managers in question are exactly the uh, description that you were you, you were alluding to mm. Jay. so that is the latest manager odds for for Rotherham and will be interesting to see um you know who they actually appoint because I think it's a big appointment. I still agree with Joe. I don't think anyone that comes in keeps this team up. I don't think they're strong enough. I think they've got a very weak midfield. They don't really have much firepower up front. Um, like the game against Ipswich, you know, Ipswich pretty much dominated 90% of the game. Um, just they got two really good. The first goal was great, but the second goal was like a complete worldie that probably happens once in a blue moon. And that was what that that was what their get out of jail card was. And uh, yeah, that's not going to happen to you every week. And I think mm. you know they're going to be turned over quite a lot. And I think any person that comes in there has probably got to be planning for League One next year, in my opinion. But let's hope they're proven wrong. You might get that new manager bounce, and uh, uh, and it and it might might turn up trumps for him but yeah that is the latest on the manager america actually a quite short update i was hoping for no update but mm-hmm. literally we we give you the latest news and the, and the breaking news here on the fl sesh podcast and we'll continue to do that it's and you'll hot get, off the press hot off the press I, yeah. did you look up that a home and away form statistic before beforehand or, did, or was that just purely anecdotal well that was more it's... my anecdotal i think well you know, i'll tell you that is spot on so yeah. Rotherham at home this year, sitting in about 18th position, 10 points, which isn't great, but it's not too shabby. There's plenty worse. But away from home, they're dead last in the league. They've got one point. They've scored three goals in their eight home games, and they've let in 21. Away, blimey. That is... Oh, did I say home? Yeah, away, sorry. That that is astonishing. Yeah. Oh, hand-licking everywhere. Just wet hands across across the nation when Rotherham pops down. Yeah, the, the Rotherham are going to be called the hand lickers rather than the uh, <laughs> and then then what they're actually who are that what are they actually called. I actually know what they're are they the are they the Millers? Or the Millers, they are the Millers. Yeah, you're completely correct. Mm-hmm. Well, we digress anyway. But let's, <laughs> I'd say, when we talk about new manager bounces, that kind of segues lovely into our first mm. game of the EFL game week review and we'll go straight into the championship and Joe I want you to talk to me about Millwall or Sheffield Wednesday Millwall I would love to and I'd like you to correct me every time I don't say Millwall as well Millwall <laughs> I'm already not doing it right so Sorry. yeah a, a hefty Millwall uh, 4-0 away victory which is uh, it's not looking good Brev for Sheffield Wednesday this is shocking but so 31 minutes in Sheffield Wednesday's defence has held strong but Murray Wallace I don't know, pierces it, 1-0. Um, and then a sucker punch, really. 11 minutes later, 42 minutes, George Savile doubles the lead. 
that's not what you want to want to be seeing as a Sheffield Wednesday fan going in two 0 down. Um, second half, Danny Roll makes three changes, pretty pretty quick, smart. Uh, half time doesn't really have any effect. Um, Wes Harding as a third for Millwall after fifty minutes, and Brooke Norton Cuffey, excellent name, um, scores Millwall's Millwall's fourth on the seventy second minute. Um, they then make a flurry of substitutions. So Joe Edwards not only gets a 4-0 win, but he ticks off the five substitutions used uh, EFL podcast barometer of good managerial prowess. Um, wins the throne battle 25-20. Um, it's a comprehensively excellent start for Joe Edwards and a continuance of a not good start for Danny Roll, unfortunately. I presume I'm saying that right. Danny, get in touch if I'm not saying that right because it, it's spelled R-O-H-L. So I think Roll sounds about right to me but i don't know probably not but yeah i it's not looking great for sheffield wednesday they had that sort of rogue win against well against rotherham so i mean yeah not not the stoutest of opposition but i don't know a two nil home win could spur you on to bigger things but then they've lost to well a supremely good side in bristol city and then millwall now um I can't see where they're going to get that that big win that they that they need really. They've got Birmingham and Leicester coming up next couple of games, which neither of those seem particularly easy. Birmingham being a sort of lower league relegation candidate that feels like a six pointer already, and Leicester obviously yeah. well a close top of the league. Maybe we'll talk about it switch later, but they're, they're obviously a close top of the league. So I don't know. I, I it's not great. It's not no. great. Can you offer Sheffield Wednesday fans a glimmer of hope, Andy? Uh, I, I, re- I really, I really could. Oh, I, I wish I could. I mean, um, the only, the only thing oh, oh you've dunked on them. Yeah, yeah, away. yeah I've, I've yeah. given them a little false sense of hope, but then <laughs> absolutely hammered them down. Um, I, I can't. I really can't. I'm just looking at this game and thinking, you know, if you would think looking at the stats, you'd think that Millwall were the home team, mm. let alone the away team, and you know, props to Joe Edwards, you know, he's come in, um, you know, he's only had about a week and a half, two weeks with the team. And that is the dream start. Like if you, if, if you could, if you could muscle up a, or write up a dream start as a, as a team, you're playing a team lower in the league, low in, low in confidence to, and a must win game, really. Like if they're, they're like 18th at the time, they're 24th, you know, a team that you should be beating, but an away performance, which had, I think, I saw the goals, brilliant goals, absolutely, mm. you know, ca- carved them apart most of the time. Um, you know, getting goals at really, really good points in the game midway for the first half, just for half time. You know, 2 0 was a very nice, com- comfortable scoreline to go in. And then just keeping your pedal to the metal 10 minutes after the first, second half starts. And then get one, you know, get a fourth goal to really see the game off midway through the second half. It's, it's exactly the stuff dreams are made of from his perspective. And I think that's you know that'll endear him to the fans straight away and for Danny Roll that's again it's only uh, he got the you know the rogue first win um against Rotherham but you know a 1-0 defeat and now a 4-0 defeat at home and that's not how you get your fans on your side mm. in fact it's making Hillsborough what I think used to be a really really hard stadium to go and win I think a lot of teams will think this is a really gettable three points and if you want to stay in this division, you need to, your home form is absolutely imperative to, 
to do that. And if you're shipping four goals at home and not having really a whimper in this game, you know, 12 shots, only two on target in the whole game, that is just terrible. Like, that's just, that's not, that's not making the goalkeeper work enough. That's not giving enough, you know, you know, not giving enough, you know, ammunition to the fans to get behind you. It's just not working for them. And I, either they need to have a complete revamp in January or, in my mind, start planning for League One again because I can't see a road for him. Because when you when, Barry Bannon's their best player by an absolute country mile, but you can't rely on one player to really get you know, get him through, right? You know, he's aging. He's someone that, you know, was a bit of a cheat code in League One, but for for the championship, he's very good. He's good, but he's not a player that you can really mould your team around because he's not going to firstly play the whole 90 minutes because he hasn't got the the run in his legs. And when you're relying on people like Ashley Fletcher, who, you know, he had a bit of a promising start in his old, you know, his young career, but he's not a player that, is going to get you the 10, 15 goals you need to keep you up in the division. So, you know, when you see the other teams that have come up, like Plymouth and Ipswich, Plymouth have got, you know, Morgan Whitaker gets goals. Ryan Hardy gets goals, right? They have people in the team that's going to get you them goals. Ipswich have Connor Chaplin, have, you know, George Hurst, has them players that are going to get you goals. Nathan Broadhead, players that are going to get you at least 5, 10 five, 10 goals, maybe five, 10 contributions a season between them or like individually, that's going to keep you in the league and actually thrive in this league. So it's a very damning assessment from my side from Sheffield Wednesday, but they, I just don't see firstly where the creativity is going to come from, but where the goals and contributions are going to come from, that's going to keep them in this league. So either a massive revamp in January and, and obviously they've had lots of off the field issues with their, with, with their owner being an absolute Mm. moron. Um, but but secondly, I don't think it's Danny Roll's fault. I think he's a young upcoming manager and I don't blame him for taking the role because it's a really good first job. And I think Sheffield Wednesday is a big club and I don't think many, you know, I don't think there would have been many opportunities probably better at the time for him. But I can't see, I can't see a route there. I just, I can't see a way that Sheffield Wednesday stay in this league if they carry on the way they're going, Joe. I don't know. That's maybe me being very damning. So well, I said, I can I see hope, but I've literally just... Yeah, I don't think you've cheered any Sheffield like, Wednesday fans yeah. up with that. Uh, number one, saying that Barry Bannon's their best player. Shocking. That's terrible. And <laughs> number two, they've got no hope. They're down. Um, yeah. Also incorrect, their best player is definitely Bambo Diaby, purely for the mm, fact yeah. that he is Bambo and he wears number five. So he's obviously Bambo number five. Very, very good. Whoever, whichever member of the PR team made that call. Very, <laughs> yeah, very astute. Um, Super. You mentioned actually, before I do the table, you, you mentioned uh, Danny Roll's age and how, how young he is. Up until a fortnight ago, he was actually the uh, the youngest manager in the Football League. Um he has since been joined by Sean Pearson at Grimsby, who is weirdly exactly the same age to the day. So wow. he's sort of joint second youngest. But Andy, do you know who the oldest football league manager is at present? Oldest football league manager. Mm. Uh, John Coleman at Quinton Stanley. That uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yes, correct. That is that has blown me away. That has blown me away. I well, they flipping heck. 
to, to be fair, I was just thinking of longest serving managers in the FL, and then you've got like, is it Simon Weaver at Harrogate's been there for like 13, 14 years? Oh, and then, and then, but then but he's quite young, but I thought John Coleman looks quite an old bloke, so I thought he's probably the eldest. Yeah, that's outrageous. So, yes, yeah, so in terms of time as manager, Simon Weaver is he's street's head, to be fair, 14 mm-hmm. years and a bit at Harrogate. And then John Coleman in second place, yeah, nine years and hmm. 54 days. So, yeah, he's getting on. And then who's in bronze position, third place? Ah, it's our short king, Mark Robbins at Coventry City. Perfect. Six years and 250 days. Amazing. Um, oh, and then in fourth place, a little shout out to Matt Gray at Sutton. Classic. Can't can't go too long without mentioning Sutton on the pod. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. Championship <laughs> roundup. Yeah. Right, everyone's here for. Um, and obviously, everyone's favourite. First place, Leicester, boo, only on goal difference because second place, Ipswich, same points now on 39 points and absolutely menacing up the table. Uh, Just terrifying gap being formed Mm. between first and second and and third place. Eight points. Everyone's going on about how fantastic Leeds have been recently, which which they have been, to be fair. But but Ipswich can't be be stopped keeping pace and... Soon to overtake Leicester as well. Having a bit of a wobble at the top. Two two losses in two now. Mm. Um, the the playoff positions. So third through sixth, we see Leeds on thirty one points, Southampton on thirty, Preston on twenty eight, and Sunderland on twenty six. But they share those twenty six points with West Brom and Hull as well. So it is getting quite tight at the uh, well, not at the very top, but in the mm. in the playoffs. And an honourable mention to uh, to Carrick Ball. 10th yeah. position Middlesbrough, 24 points, two points off the playoffs. They're surging. They're surging up the table. And I will say it until the death of this podcast, we were the catalyst for that improvement. Yeah. Carrick, he, could, he couldn't bear Tuba Ball, so he, he, had, he had to do better. Our faces, Middlesbrough changing rooms, results. That's that's the order that it went in. Um, and then bottom of the table, I mean, yeah. we've spoken about Rotherham, 11 points, 22nd position, already four points adrift. So sort of in must-win territory. And I know it's a long old season. There's 30-odd games left, but you don't want to be more than one win away from, from safety mm. at any point in time. Um, QPR, 10 points, 23rd. And Sheffield Wednesday, six points after 16 games with only one win. And seven goals scored. That's a diabolical. That's much worse than I thought it was. Yeah, um, absolute worth. That's yeah. uh, it's shocking. I suppose the, going back to the Middlesbrough point, you, mm. you talk about Tuba Ball, but look what's happening at Ajax. Look how bad they are in the Eredivisie right now. I think they're like maybe fifth or sixth from bottom in 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 which for the Eredivisie for them is absolutely horrendous. And branching I think off. I think Tuba's probably only. I think Tuba's only got like one or two goals this season, and he's oh, already, he's already saying that. I think he's being poorly treated there. So, you know, it's a complete change in fortune for Middlesbrough, and uh, I think that's nine wins out of eleven. So, yeah, shout out Carrick Ball. He's uh, it's 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 full steam ahead. But also a little bit of a shout out to Preston, who stopped their absolutely barren run in form with a good Derby Day win against uh, Blackburn as well on the Friday night game. That was a. Uh, a lovely smash and grab 2-1 win um, away from home. So stuff you love to see. So, you know, take note, Rotherham. That's how you do it for an away mm. performance. Not uh, <laughs> not what you have been doing this season. 
Good, no, good, good roundup of the championship, and uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was a shame I couldn't be at the Ipswich game on Saturday. I was, uh, I was out of uh, friends that friends that day, but it was an absolute barnstormer. And if you can watch Jack Taylor's absolute thunderbolt by about twenty five yards to bring it back to one all, uh, please do. It's an absolute weldy of a strike. Mm. <clears throat> so definitely. Well. Cool. Well, now now you've outed yourself as a plastic. You can yeah. try and redeem yourself with your uh, <laughs> your League One review. I believe we're going to well the natural the natural game, Peterborough versus yeah. Cambridge, local derby. Yeah, the Cambridgeshire. I think they call it the Cambridgeshire derby for some they reason. Do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I um complete. I, I I suppose the first point to say is. I remember the first couple of pods, the first few pods were very high on Cambridge and they were very much uh, uh, going against the status quo and players like Gassan Hadme and players like that were turning up and they were like at the dizzy heights of like second or third in the league and we were like, oh my God, what's happening? i got to say the plummet from Cambridge the last like eight or nine weeks has been shambolic. They're, they're going down the table at a rapid rate and uh yeah that 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 decline certainly did certainly kept going in this game they got absolutely humbled by their rivals 5-0 um peterborough absolutely dominated this game in all ways shape or form and uh, mason clark starts off proceedings on the 34th minute with a lovely goal and then 37 minutes three minutes after bags is bags is brace um you know Shell shocked Cambridge, a 2 0 down, and then Poku, 40th minute, three minutes after that. This is so there's three goals in the six minute period, a 3 0 down. Um, not good reading if you're a Cambridge fan, and uh, that half time team talk, you know, by Bonner's probably thinking, Oh, crud, what are we going to be doing? What can we do for the next uh, for the next half? Try and steady the ship. Well, that 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 plan got completely ripped out on the 54th minute where Poku gets his brace as well uh, to make it 4-0. And then to add insult to injury, right at the end of the game, on the 86th minute, Bennett scores a lovely own goal to round off a resounding 5-0 triumph for Peterborough and leaves Cambridge in a very, very, I think a lower mid-table kind of perilous position, I think. I think, you know, they're, they're in a, not a rich vein of form in any way, uh, shape or form. And I think it's a, it's worrying statistics. And I think looking at the stats, 69% possession for Peterborough, 13 shots, seven on target, four goal, five goals. Love to see it. Um, seven shots for Cambridge, three on target, but no big chances. So, you know, clearly the keeper's not been worked in any way, shape or form, but, when in all angles and all the stats just see shows a complete dominance from Peterborough and Peterborough, maybe they're going under the radar, but um, they, they are, they're a good team. They've always been a really solid league one team and always going to be a team there or thereabouts. I think I put them, I don't know where I put them. I think I'll probably put them in the playoff zone or maybe just outside the playoff zone, Peterborough. Um, like in the fifth place you had them. So, um, so yeah. And they're currently fourth. So that's not bad to be fair. Mm. Um, and they've got some good players, right? They've got some, you know, you know, even players like, uh, uh, who's, who's the, who's the Johnson Clark, is it Clark Harris? Yeah. Johnson Clark Harris, he's not mm. even getting in this squad where, you know, he was ripping up league one last season. Right. So it's, uh, it's, you know, Poku and Mason Clark look really exciting wingers and they've, they've got a young squad, but a very kind of like attack minded, exciting squad. And I'm quite, quite excited from the season. And I think, 
you know, Ferguson's got them certainly purring. He's been, he seems to be a manager that's been at, it seems that he'll go to Peterborough and then sometimes get a new job. They'll get five from that new job and then come back to Peterborough. <laughs> like a swan song. I think this is like his third or fourth stint at Peterborough manager. Mm. I don't even remember. Um, but you you will be sad from Ferguson's perspective. Only uh, only three substitutions used. So that's pretty poor from his side. We'll, we'll give his pro- our props to uh, to Bono who got gave all five subs. Um, you know, two in the two in the 88th minute with one of them players getting a yellow card pretty much instantaneously from coming on, which is great to see. Joe, what was uh, what was the famous throwing battle? Did Peterborough dominate that as well? So interestingly enough. They did not. They actually lost oh. the throw-in. Yeah, it was very, very surprising. Um, yeah. But then, you know, th- there has to be exceptions to prove the rule. So they lost 25-22, so it was a close-run thing. Um, but yeah, a couple, yeah, couple of black marks against Darren Ferguson, to be fair. Sub-watch, disappointing. Mm-hmm. Throw-in watch, out-battled. You know, winning 5-0 is one thing, but, you know, you've got to do it the right way. We don't, yeah. we don't want to, yeah. He's, you've got to play EFL Sesh podcast football. Absolutely, and that's that's the best time of all. Look at uh, funny stuff I've just seen right now on the screen is looking at all of the goals, um, all four of the goals that they scored, Peter, all in the six yard box, literally yeah, but... all of them poachers, absolute poachers. Mm. So you can just tell the goals are either the wingers coming on the byline, feeding the ball in, like fizzing it into the box, and just tappings galore and absolute, you know, things you love to see. So. Uh, Gary Lineker would be very, very happy with that with that kind of goal malfaction and because he was obviously the ultimate poacher back in the day. So it's very uh very Gary Lineker-esque goals, I can uh, I can imagine. But yeah, I, I suppose on my side, really good win for Peterborough, gets them right in the conversation for for the playoffs. Um, you know, puts them on 31 points, you know, that gives them a little bit of breathing room between, you know, seventh and seventh. You know, pretty much establishes them at the moment in the playoff zone. And I do believe that they'll probably stay in the playoff zone and be in the conversation. If I'm being totally honest, I like the way they play. Um, from, from my perspective, you know, actually looking at, looking at the team form, you know, they, they had a, you know, good result in the FA Cup, but it's just really, un- I don't think it's been that inspiring. It's been nil-nil draws. They're not scoring enough. I don't think Cambridge in, in, in the final third. And I think, they probably just need a little bit of a maybe a statement win or just a really big win to get them back at the races. But you know that 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 loss only puts them, you know, four points above the relegation zone. So when you're a team that's not in form, that's not exactly where you want to be. And I think other teams around them are starting to get pick up results. Um, can we just say a shout for Exeter, twentieth in the league? You know, just uh, absolutely rolling down that league like there's no tomorrow, but. You know, Gary Caldwell was a good manager and all that, but yeah, I digress. Um, but <laughs> sorry, Joe. Furious uh, yeah, with, with Gary furious. Yeah, catching Gary. strays from the Peterborough Cambridge game. Surprised he hasn't got got the chop yet. To be totally honest, but we'll, you know, maybe time will tell. Joe, any um any viewpoints from you on this game, mate? Um, only to gloat that I had Cambridge coming bottom of the league at the start of the year, and they're well on their way. Um, shambolic shambolic performance but also just shambolic in recent recent weeks mm. as well as some absolutely rubbish rubbish performances and results losing to Cheltenham their draw to Portsmouth was was pretty yeah. rogue but I mean Tuesday night game so I always feel that Tuesday night games doesn't really matter who plays who just flip of a coin um, <laughs> yeah. Drew with Shrewsbury narrowly beat Carlisle who had nine men by the end of that game mm. it's just it, it they're, they're not good results um 
massive game coming up for them against Northampton um, next Saturday. Lose that, and they're equal on points with them, having played a game more, and their their slide continues. Um, yeah. And great, uh, great performance from Peterborough. I think weirdly, obviously, having seen them in the flesh this year, they they were high possession, and I think you bang on with your assessment that they really looked to you to they got. Their, their wingers are just mad rapid, like just yeah. the quickest fellas you've ever seen. So they really like bomb it down the, to the byline and try and cut it back. Um, and when it works, clearly it works. Um, but I think from that game that we saw, it, it, it didn't work. So they looked a bit toothless, but clearly they've cracked it and they look like a very good outfit. And I'd mm. be surprised if they weren't there or thereabouts in the playoffs, if not slightly higher, come the end of the year. Um Hundred percent. Where did we? Uh, so I said they'd come sixth this year. You said fifth. Um, League One, we're sort of quite equitable in our uh, terribleness when it comes to predictions. Yeah. So we are both net one hundred and thirty-two positions out um, of where we said, well, where we initially predicted the table would end up, and where it currently is. So, yeah, we're sort of equally as. Terrible. Good, yeah. Although I, <laughs> I say that, but then I don't know. I don't have a comparison with like other people that are predicting leagues. So actually, maybe I'll hmm. do that. Maybe I'll find other people that have predicted leagues and see where they. Yeah. Think. Actually, we might be incredible at this, Andy. We like these. <laughs> Good. We, we might be absolutely bang on the money, and every other people are hundreds out. So yeah, only time will tell. Um, well, no, not only time will tell. I will tell. I yeah. will tell you next week. That's that's when it'll. I'll tell you. Um, yeah. And, hey, I, I, I'm out. I've got, I've got yeah. nothing else to say about this game. Um, it happens to be the 49th time they have played one another in a, in the Cambridgeshire derby, and Peterborough have won. How many times was it? Oh no, I'm racking my brains now. 22. 22. Quite, quite a big, yeah. To, quite, uh, a big, quite a big majority. That isn't it. Pretty yeah, to, to Cambridge's 15 with mm. however many draws 49 minus those two numbers are. Um, but it was the highest ever margin of victory, 5 0. Mm. Yeah, there's, yeah there's, there's it's not a very high scoring affair, to be honest. Um, the most amount of goals ever scored in that fixture was, was seven, which doesn't mm. seem like loads, but no, it doesn't actually. Mm. Right. Well, let's um, let's let's do our League One roundup at the table. Um, we we do have another League One game as our mm. podcast pick, so that's a little little like teaser for like in a bit. But um, we have Portsmouth um got a sort of a sort of good result. I don't know. It was they they drew with Charlton, didn't they, at the weekend? Mm. And that was a that was a you know quite a good game. Alfie May again showing why he's one of the best strikers in the league. Again, why did Cheltenham get rid of him? Who knows? But you know, <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, Portsmouth top of the league still, 36 points. Messina working his man- magic. Joe's already alluded to him. Oxford getting a unfortunately good win against uh, Leighton Orient away. Mm. Um, our second league on 35, closely followed by Bolton on 35 points as well, but three, low, three less goal difference. Peterborough, as we've alluded to them, are fourth on 31 points. Stevenage somehow still stay in this uh Again, a good result of the weekend. Stay, stay in this uh, playoff zone with 29 points, followed by Barnsley uh, on 27 and closely followed again by seventh place just outside the playoffs. Derby on 27 points who have started to get a little bit of form, uh, Derby, which is good to see. They had a, definitely a, a bit of a uh, stumbling patch, I'd say, a, you know, a month or so ago. So good to see them back on the back on the straight and narrow. But yeah, it seems to be a bit of a gap forming between certainly... Uh, sixth and second, there's you know, 
seven points or eight points between sixth and second place. So, you know, and yeah, it, it's good to see. I think there's it's still that mid-table shuffle. is a massive mid-table shuffle, certainly in that in that seventh to thirteenth spot. Like you know, it's only it's only seven points between Orient and the playoffs. So it's you know it's, a, it's only two and a bit wins, right? So it's it's very much still on, Joe. The 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 championship dream is still on, my friend. There you go. I like I like the idea of like two and a bit wins as well. <laughs> I, I prefer that. I prefer the oh, you need three more wins. To, well, you don't need a full win. That last one could be a bit of a win, like. You know, yeah. two, two, two and a bit, two and part, two and part-time two. wins, part-time yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, look at the relegation zone. We got Fleetwood twenty on twenty-first with sixteen points. Carlisle on fourteen points. Play a game more. Cheltenham uh, nine points. Cheltenham have risen yeah. a little bit. A few yeah, more wins. Sprung a few results together there. Two yeah. wins in the last four. Yeah, good to see. Good to see. As you know, they've got points on the board, and then Reading. Um, which you know, in, interesting, interesting results uh, recently, and uh, they're on seven points after obviously after their four point deduction. Um, good to see Wigan out the relegation zone as well. That's props to Wigan after an eight point deduction. They're they're already two points outside the outside the relegation zone now, which is good to see. Um, so if they were obviously didn't have a point deduction, they'll be like right near bound playoffs. So that's uh, it's it's props to Wigan, right? It's, it's good to see good to see them getting back in there and I I never really feared for them even though with an eight point deduction I didn't think they get relegated they've got too strong of a squad in my opinion so um yeah that is your league one roundup and uh Joe I, you know, I'm going to give it to you straight to you talk to me about the prediction as uh, not predictions lean the people's champion league oh that's yeah that's, that's still to come um yeah, league, league, to league come. two first and the, the league that keeps on giving um yeah. and Swindon and Stockport as well two teams that have been fantastic value for money. Go to one of these two's games and you will you will get goals. Stockport yeah. have scored 37 and Swindon have scored 36 this year, which are first and second respectively in, in their division. And this game also did not disappoint. A, a 4-2 Stockport County away <laughs> win. Um, let me give you the blow by blow. Uh, Dan Kemp, fantastic player at League Two level, um, puts Swindon 1-0 up after 30 minutes and we go into the half with that scoreline. Um, David Chaloner obviously gets into him at halftime, says Stockport, come on. Joe's reputation as a football EFL prediction league, I don't know, extraordinaire rests on us. Like, what have you got in the locker? And Will Collar pops up seven minutes later and bangs a penalty in. 1-0. Things looking up. 60th minute, Jake Young for Swindon, who has also been red hot this year. Unbelievable yes. striker. Mm-hmm. Um, gets a second for Swindon, 2-1. Things aren't looking good. But the boys rally, Stockport, 69, a, 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 a quick fire double, which is always grim when you're on the wrong end of it at home. 69th minute, Carl Wooten, and then 73rd minute, Odin Bailey. All of a sudden, Stockport are 3-2 up. Subs all over the gaff, like Michael Flynn's throwing them on, Dave Challoner's <laughs> throwing them back. And then uh, 89th minute, Callum Camps puts a game beyond Swindon, 4-2, jobs are good. And um, Dave Challoner, obviously avid listener of the pod, forgets that he hasn't made all five subs. 94th minute, Sugar, Will Collar off, Noyle, get on. Um, go on, Carl, run about for 30 seconds and then and then blow the final whistle. Yeah. Um, 4-2, jobs are good and Stockport remain top of the league. Swindon slipping, slipping. <laughs> I mean, from... Very from, much. Yeah, I mean, what is that? Four losses in the last four, which 
isn't ideal. Like that's a non-optimal statistic. Although include including the older shot seven four defeat at home. Yeah, as well. yeah, very true. They're they're shocking sort of FA Cup performance as well. Um, they are still scoring goals. They just cannot defend. They've caught Wrexham syndrome from from earlier on this year. Um, yeah. Although they will take some solace in the fact that they did win the throwing battle, thirty two throw-ins to twenty seven, and again League Two. League Two games always around the sort of sixty throne mark, yeah. And and here it is, fifty nine. Uh, yeah, the statistical analysis on this this programming is astonishing. You know, um, but yeah, the that that's the game as we sports baseball would say. Will <laughs> open up a five point lead at the top of the table, which is is looking good for them, and seemingly just cannot be stopped. They're just a winning machine at the minute. Yeah. Um, like you look at their form, and it it's just it's green all the way. I actually can't find their last loss, which is astonishing. Um, Swindon, like we say, need to arrest that slide. But even having not sniffed a win in the last couple of months well last month um there's still only four points off the playoffs so all is not lost for uh michael flynn's men do you have any insight for us andy any yeah any hot takes hot takes for me i i I think uh from a stat perspective Mm. um that's the only perspective yeah i i I haven't seen a a high xg number 3.17 xg for an away side in league two or just in any EFL league is sensational stuff. Eight shots on target, four goals, you know, 50% hit rate, can't knock it. But I'm looking at, you know, Stockport's last five last five wins, 3-1 away win, 3-2 home win, 2-0 away win, 2-0 home win, 5-1 home win. And then, so for me, the issue was they were shipping too many goals and just being really naive and just really, you know, too easy to play against or maybe a bit too cocky with the players that they had like the squad they have is an absolute joke like when you're bringing on when you're bringing on and you're as your subs bench you're bringing on Paddy Madden and you know Nick Powell in it's your subs into the squad it's just a nuts like he's uh it's great great to see but I'm yeah they are a train right now and that they they're looking like kind of like going on that Man City-style run, I think, in League Two. I think they're five forty five already five points clear, you know. Uh, I know Mansfield have a game in hand who could go up to 35 points, so it'd only be a three-point gap. But, yeah, the way that they're playing, plus 19 goal difference at this stage of the season after 17 games is brilliant. They, they're, they're on track to score absolutely bags of goals in this league. And, uh, yeah, can they be stopped? No, I, I generally think we're probably looking at either first, either the champions or either second place, in my opinion, with Stockport. Again, then they're a team that just don't know when they're down. And I think, you know, could easily, while they're away from home, they could have easily, you know, sharp shop, you know, could have could have probably tried to nick a, nick a goal to just, get a point on the road but no they just went full guns blazing for no screw it let's let's t- twist twist it and let's go up another gear and I think they probably had another gear to go up in this game to be totally honest but still scoring four goals and showing that resilience load of teams will be like yeah we could be 2-1 up in this game but we're playing Stockport the game's definitely not over and that you know they could come back at any point so when that happened with Ipswich last season that they, they just 
regardless if they were down and they weren't down many times, but when they were down in games, I was never nervous. I've always thought that, you know, there's always a chance we can get back in this game. When the team has that belief and that resilience, they're a tough team to stop, Joe. Yeah, nice. I like the way you sort of you started playing Bop It halfway through there as well. We got yeah. twist it, flick it, spin it, yeah. bop it. What's the other one? Pull it. There you go, yeah. obviously. Um, I'll, I'll give you a quick stop. Oh, well, I'll give you a little flurry of stop port facts before we get into nice. the table, actually. Uh, I call them stop port facts, but the title of, of this this light reading was 10 interesting facts about stop ports. I was like, okay, I. Uh, uh, this is probably my best bet for, for getting something good Stockport related. And my word, I don't think the person who made this list knows either A, well, number one, I don't think they really know Stockport very well. But also B, I don't think they really know what the word exciting means. Number one on the list is Stockport sends hats around the world, which is rogue. Like I could send hats around the world, just use the post office. Um, <laughs> the viaduct is stylish and functional. That seems like a viaduct thing rather than a stockport thing. Um, apparently, the plaza is known across the world. Did you know what the plaza was, Andy? No, I didn't actually. I don't think anyone does across the world. I think you could ask everyone across the world. No one <laughs> it's apparently a cinema. Um, just, wow. just for your information. But yeah, uh, stockport is fit and active. Again, that seems like both a dubious claim and probably false. Um, and Stockport has brought fantastic music to the world. There you so, go. I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it, quite frankly. that Those interesting facts turned into a succession of interesting lies about Stockport. Um, and on that note, I'll, I'll go through to the uh, League Two table, because obviously yes. it's linked. But Stockport, well, here's an interesting fact about Stockport. They're top. They're top. 17 games played. Huge amounts of goal difference, they like said, plus 19 and five points clear on 38 points. So, living life. Um, Wrexham, that was a good shout from you early doors, to be fair. Wrexham a second still, keeping pace, uh, 33 points, closely followed by Mansfield in third and Crew in fourth on 32 points. Crew, very unexpected. I didn't see that yeah. at all. Um, Notts County to follow in fifth with 30 points, and then Barrow in sixth place with 28 and Morecambe in seventh with 27 points. So the playoff picture is quite tight and there are a number of teams sort of two, three, four points off beneath them all the way down to 13th. So yeah, still all to play for. Um, well, obviously still to play for 30 odd games left, but still a lot to play for in in, in the upcoming weeks in League Two. Um, and then we go down to the bottom where we are at risk of seeing a sort of three teams cut adrift already. Yeah. Um, we've got Forest Green in 23rd, who are joint on 13 points with Tramnir in 22nd. And unfortunately, Sutton, even with League Two's best player, have found themselves bottom um, on 11 points. Although a win and a draw in the last couple of games have, have, have been a welcome reprieve. Yeah. But, yeah, a bit of a gap opening up. So Tramnir obviously on 13th and Grimsby in 21st on 17th. So that's already four points who are themselves two points below Newport on 19. So, yeah, an uncomfortably large uh, points difference being opened up between clear safety and the bottom three teams, Tranmere, Forest Green and Sutton at the moment. But it's a long old season, Andy. It's a long old season, plenty of football still to play. And plenty of football still to talk about, I believe. Yes, Joe, plenty of football to still talk about. And uh, we alluded to it earlier, but we obviously have started this podcast pick which is a uh, a segment where we look at all the leagues think about a game which we haven't talked about in our game week review 
and think, yeah, this definitely deserves a mention. And today's podcast bit comes from League One, which I think in terms of all three leagues has been probably the league. Champions has been exciting. League One's been maybe middle of the road. But we obviously love League Two, but good to give League One some love today. And we're going to be talking about Shrewsbury Reading today, which was a very interesting game because it was, you know, Shrewsbury come back from the death and <laughs> absolutely smash it in garbage time. But we'll give a breakdown of the uh, of the game. So starts off with Reading getting a two-goal lead very, very quickly in the game. Smith scores on the 12th minute. Ballard gets a goal on the 15th minute to race them into a 2-0 lead and yeah it, it could have been probably bad reading at half time and uh, but luckily Bayliss gives Shrewsbury a a bit of a lifeline and makes probably the half time team talk a little bit easier uh, for Taylor and yeah 2-1 two, 2-1 one, two, one to reading half time you know time to regroup and i think probably Shrewsbury i think we're on top just for half time and nothing really happens for majority of the second half, bit of a bore, bit of a boring game. Thought it was going to peter out into a two-one uh, away win, and Shrewsbury fans would be bored senseless. But Shrewsbury didn't want any of that, and Dunkley scores a goal in the ninety-second minute. And to make even matters worse, and probably for or for Reading certainly, and to rub salt into the wounds, is it Shraha or Sh- I think it's Shraha. We'll go with that. That was a great effort. Yeah, yeah Shraha. Shraha on the 96th minute um, scores and sends Shrewsbury into absolutely raptures um, and makes Reading fans probably, or that that journey back from Shrewsbury must have been absolutely terrible for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was a it was a bit of a barnstorming game. It, it just took our fancy because of two goals in absolute garbage time, as we like to allude it on a EFL Sesh podcast. Um, funny enough. Funny enough, Taylor only uses two of his subs in the uh, in the game. Absolutely woeful substitution uh, statistics. We'll give Ruben Sellers, who personally I don't think will be in a job for much longer because <laughs> Reading won a, a uh, bit of a rubbish spell and uh, are definitely being cut adrift at the moment, certainly in League One. Yes, they had a four-point deduction, but still, I think even with their four points, they'd only be just above the relegation zone for a team like Reading. They should be much, much higher in the table. But looking at the stats, it's, for me, pretty much a domina- uh, in the end, a bit of a domination from from uh, Shrewsbury. And they were very well-deserved winners and deserved to get that comeback. 54% possession, 17 shots, four on target, three goals. Love to see it. You know, it's that's superb on the... Uh, superb on the shots on target to um to goal stats so clearly the goals shots they there was a lot of garbage in there but the actual shots they had on target were hitting the mark so good to see that um you know it seems a bit of a t- bit bit of a uh, low low yellow card game only four in the game so that's pretty pretty low for our kind of standards right joe what's the uh, what's the what's the throwing count talking yeah it's a strange one on the throwing count 33 to 20 in Shrewsbury's favour. Oh, so that is a... Reading can't even get that right. Can't even win the throwing game. I mean, you're onto a loser if you're, yeah. if you're getting beaten almost by, by 50% of your opponent's yeah. throwing count. Not ideal. That's a, that's a domination from Shrewsbury on the throwing count. Things you love to see. Mm. Um, for Shrewsbury, I suppose their, their form going into this game was uh, probably a bit murky at best. I think three, three losses, two wins, a bit up and down. But I think... Uh, 
they will they will take a lot of you know confidence out of that result. It puts them back on twenty points in that kind of mid table shuffle with you guys. Um, like sim- not not similar to Cambridge, but I think that's the kind of win that Cambridge need, like a comeback win, resilient win. Shows that they're not like shows that can pretty much no game is over. They the heads didn't go down, and getting them two late goals will just give them the world of confidence. And I think most teams, I think based on this result, probably won't want to play Shrewsbury the next game because they'll have their towels up. I think, and uh, that will, yeah. I I I just think it was a really interesting game in terms of you know Reading probably shutting up shop for probably ninety percent of the game after they went two 0 up, but their resistance eventually folded. And I think it's one of them games where you think, okay, actually justice was served there. And actually they deserved it. Because sometimes when you think they've got two minute, two last minute goals, you think, oh, they just had a snap, snatch and grab. But actually I think sometimes justice, justice prevails. And I think in this game, justice did prevail, Joe. I like that. Justice has been snatched and grabbed. Yeah. Um, there's some weird stuff going on in this game, actually result aside. Um, just some yeah, just some odd quirks. Like both goalkeepers picking up a booking. Hmm. Marco Morosi for Shrewsbury getting a fifteen minute booking for arguing. But what he had to argue about in the fifteenth minute is I don't know, it's dubious at best. I guess he was furious with letting in a goal and, and decided to take out his his anger on the referee. Hmm. Um David Button getting a, a booking for time wasting fine. But in the sixty ninth minute it seems an aggressively early time to start time wasting. <laughs> also, David Button with with an assist for Reading's first goal. He has been officially accredited with the assist. So superb. Yeah, Ruben Sellers bringing back a bit of Brexit ball to League One, a bit of Route One stuff like like that. Um, yeah, the, the 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 pod pick delivers on on every front. It, it was both weird and interesting. Yeah, and also lets us highlight once again how much of a dire situation Reading are in, which I take no pleasure in, actually, because I don't hate Reading as a club, but they are in the pit. Um, They are. Like, even a four-point deduction, they're still in the relegation zone by... Well, they've only got one place. Yeah, they'd only overtake Cheltenham, which is terrible, really. Unbelievable, yeah. Um, If this wasn't alarm bells for Reading, like... You 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 got to be. I know you, they've probably tried to sharp shot, but they they've got to try and hold on, even if it's for a point. In the ninety second minute, you just you just throw all men and bodies in the way just to not concede that last minute last minute win, like loss. I don't know. It just shows a bit of naivety. Maybe it's a young squad. It is quite a young squad, I think, from their perspective. And uh, yeah, Ruben Sellers isn't getting the tune out of this that that this squad and their their run of form. Three losses and a win and a draw. So it's 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 relegation form, isn't it? Really, it's relegation form from their side. And if they don't back up their ideas, that's probably where they're heading, Joe. If I'm being totally honest, and uh, mm. it'd be sad because I think you know Reading as a club. I say I don't hate them. I've I've always had a bit of an affinity with Reading. You know, I, I liked it when they were in the Premier League with like the Nicky Hunts, the Kevin Doyles, the you know Marcus Hanneman and goal like that kind of squad. You know, I think everyone kind of loved that squad. Um, so you've always had a little bit. You know, I've always had a bit of affinity with them, and it's sad to see them, sad to see them like cr- you're crumbling before our very eyes, really. So, you know, pro- let's hope they get on a bit of a run and they can get out of the situation. But by the way they're playing, and by that, you know, the naivety to concede two goals in added time, 
you know, that's not going to do him any favours and that does, doesn't breed any sort of a confidence in me that they will have the minerals to stay up. No, agreed. And speaking of crumbling in front of our very eyes, I watched Nicky Hunt crumble in front of our very <laughs> eyes. He he wound down his career at Orient. And my word, I think we watched in real time a person's legs just disintegrating. Every mm. game he came out with slightly less run in him. Um, Mad. I'll give you one weird Shrewsbury fact before we, uh, before we do move on. Um, in 2004, BBC's Football Focus did a, a book on cult heroes and there's a lot of just boring classics in there from like who you'd expect. Shrewsbury's cult hero was Dean Spink, a player that I had never heard of before. He did seemingly very little um, at Shrewsbury. I mean, played 270-odd times and scored 50 goals. I think what was most interesting about him is that his position is labelled both striker and defender. So he's sort of a, a hybrid. He's like a, a late Dion Dublin. Um, just sort of, <laughs> he seemed fairly tall, six foot one. So they just sort of threw him in and were like, well, I don't know, just give it a go. Just just, just try quite hard and, and we'll keep playing you. Um, yeah. Yeah, all, all for that. So Dean Spink, sear that into your memory. Uh, Shrewsbury's cult hero as of 2004. So they, if, if they've got a new one in between, well, Here's one for you. Would you say somebody since 2004 could become a cult hero at your club? Probably not, no. Exactly. So Dean Spink, reputation secured for another for another short while anyway. Um, <laughs> on doing what you do. What is he doing now? He's he's a physiotherapist um, at Solihull Moors. Nice. And he's currently the reserve manager at Alv Church Football Club. So he's got fingers in many pies. Um, yeah. I imagine he's doing the whole speaking tour as well, being being Shrewsbury Town's all-time cult hero. And also being an avid listener of the FL Sesh podcast. That's sure. very true, actually. Yeah, so Dean Spink, uh, he's been bothering us for a long time, actually, to give him that shout out. I've just sort of shoehorned that in, but yeah, yeah, he, w- he won't stop. So now, can you, yeah, just stop messaging us, please, Dean. <laughs> Unless it's something positive. Um, that, <laughs> is our, <laughs> that is our um, that is our game week review done, um, mm-hmm. Joe. So that is that is uh, there's another one in the books. Um, but we've obviously got the ultimate predictions league, and um, hopefully, looking at the games we actually predicted like two weeks ago for this week, and then <laughs> the fresh uh, the fresh games that I've lined up for next week. So, and I, I have fact-checked them and date-checked them. They are definitely happy after the <laughs> international break. Um, but, uh, and then we'll have the Canvey Island update. So we'll see you in a mo. Hello, it's your favourite time of the week where you can pretend that you are not the stupidest person in the room because Andy and I will assume the position. Um, I will give us a brief rundown of our our prior, well, our prior game week's performance spread across two game weeks because we foolishly chose a, <laughs> a handful of games that, that didn't all happen at the same time. Um, and then I think, Andy, you've got some... Uh, You've got some games queued up for us to yeah. to predict and, and get wrong all over again. We'll do it again. Um, so Huddersfield-Watford was one that we already knew the result to. It was nil-nil and neither of us said that. So starting on a nice even baseline of nil. Um, Peterborough-Cambridge, 
I was devastatingly close. I said 4-0 Peterborough oh. ended up being 5-0. You also predicted a Peterborough win 2-1, so that's a point apiece. <laughs> um, and then going on to Tranmere Forest Green was our League 2 pick. Um, I said 2-0 Forest Green. You said 2-0, and it ended up being 3-0 to Tranmere. So, again, <laughs> has managed to really hone in on the one result we didn't pick and and double down on it. So, nil poor. So, one point apiece. Um we end up on, it takes our cumulative total to, I'm on 18, you're on 21, so it's still a three-point deficit. Um, I am keeping an eye on the Canvey Island Chatham game. It looks yeah. like it's been postponed until the 28th of November. So yeah. we shall come back to that. And when Canvey Island win 5-2, I will I will happily take my roses. But until then, we will await with bated breath. That will be a bonus for a, for a different week. Absolutely. So, Andy. What yeah. are we predicting? What are we getting wrong this week? <laughs> well, it will be actually two weeks because of the international break, or won't it? Because we've got the international break. Yeah, love that. Well, well, we don't love an international break because it stops us having EFL. No, I, I love your your eye for detail. I love yeah. your not doing a me and just going, oh, yeah, I'll just pick whatever games I want and <laughs> yeah. expecting the football gods just bend to my whim. Oh, God. Well, in the championship, I've got mm. us going for Leicester versus Watford. Ooh. It's a tough game now because they're both. Yeah. Leicester have had two straight losses, but Watford are in form. I think that game is going to be one all. Yeah, I'm going to go for a two-one Leicester win. Oh, nice! Just mm, squeak it. Mine's yeah. boring. That's that's boring from me. But <laughs> this one's going to have to be outrageous now. Well, it could be. I've gone for Carlisle Charlton. Ooh. Oh, that's caught me off guard, actually. Carlisle Charlton. Um, oh, it's so annoying because whenever teams go up to Carlisle, again, it's one of those weird places where form goes out the window. Um, it's going to be three two to Charlton that game. Damn it! I'd, I've got four two to Charlton in my head. Oh, four two. Oh, I like that. That's weird on the same wavelength. For yeah, that yeah, one. yeah. I had four two in my head for some reason, mm. but yeah, four two. And then the final game in League Two, we've got Crew versus. Donny, 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 Donny Rovers. Um, Love who, that. Who, who have you gone for? Uh, crew are going to win that game and they're going to win it 3 0. Yeah. I'm going to go for a 2 2, two uh, No, 3 1. 3 1. 3 1. Three, one. Uh, yeah, I was I was thinking 2 0, but I think I'll give Donny a, a goal out of it. But yeah, crew are, you know, maybe surprisingly flying, but they are flying. Hmm. Yeah, so that is, uh, that is the three games for yeah. after the international break, Joe. I think that sees us with a uh, with a debutante on there. I don't yeah. think we've we've ever predicted a Doncaster game. So nice. let me fact check myself. And yes, I am correct. I just you know I you know I do, do this for a living, Andy. This is this is second nature. Um, yeah, Doncaster Rovers fans, stand down. You no longer have to berate us for not selecting your team in the predictions league they are locked and loaded ready to go 100 and i think you told me before the podcast it was the first time we spoke about shrewsbury right it was as it was indeed yeah we're, we're whittling them down there's only four teams that have never had a full review full nice. sort of match review in rotherham carlisle lincoln and grimsby and uh there are loads more in the predictions league to be fair because we, we we talk about less but um sure yeah, we'll we'll refine that down at a later date. Who do you think we've predicted most, Andy? There is one team that we have actually predicted more than anyone else. Mm, wouldn't be surprised if it's like Wrexham. 
Oh no, we've actually we've actually only predicted Wrexham once. So oh, wow. it's uh it's Cambridge. We've predicted oh, okay. three times. Don't have a clue why. Don't know why we were doing that. But, Maybe it was yeah. that early season optimism um that we had for them at the start of the season where they that is true. beat everyone. In terms of who we have actually spoken about, games we have actually assessed, again, there is a standout candidate. Who do you reckon that is? And really, Notts, this is the most... Notts County. That's insane. You've got it bang on. It's Notts County. Yeah, oh, mate, about if, a lot. If, if you're on this sort of form in the Predictions League every week, you'd be flying. That's <laughs> that's the... You're a fact, man. You, you've you completely thrown me. You're taking all, <laughs> of, all of the bullets out of the chamber. The John, the John Coleman shout, you were blown away. By that that actually did surprise me. Like, as in, not not for no other reason other than I don't think I would have ever just thought about it that quickly. You, you had that ready to go. Love it. Didn't I did, and I didn't actually have it in front of me. That's that's again. It probably sounds like looks like I or sounds like I had it right in front of me, but I just had it in my head for some reason. So that was a wild shout, but it came through. Um, Joe, mm. do you want a Canvey Island update, my friend? The, what an out! What see? There's one prediction you'll always get right. The answer yeah. is yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, Canvey Island were back in uh, Isthmian Premier League uh, action. Um, against Enfield Town away, um, and uh, unfortunately, I do have some bad news, and they did oh, get no. <laughs> they did get humbled three nil away from home. Um, yeah, uh, Youngs for Enfield scores in the first minute, so it's an absolute disaster class to start. Off. <laughs> um, and nothing really happens about thirty minutes, and then Youngs thinks, yeah, let's get a brace. Scores in the thirty third minute. Goes in at half time, two 0 down. Canvey and thought that the manager would GM up and give him a sense of you know purpose for the second half. But then ten minutes in, uh, Beckles Richards, which is an absolute sensational name, um, scores on the fiftieth minute to really take it away from Enfield. Uh, and then nothing else happens uh, in the game. It finishes three 0 A sad humbling for Canvey, who maintain the record in the league for. Never drawing a game. They don't like a draw. Mm. They've had 12 games, six wins and six losses. So perfectly balanced. Yeah, exactly. Perfectly balanced, but probably in the wrong way. I'd rather have (laughs) 12 wins, no losses. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, it's uh, 13th in the league, uh, 18 points in that kind of mid-table shuffle. It seems to be a massive mid-table shuffle in the league. Mm. So between 6th and... Sixth and seventeenth, there is only six points in in that league, so it's a it's a massive middle show. They do have some games in hand over teams around them, uh, Canvey, but uh, yeah, they need to go on a bit of a run because it seems that they have one step forward, they definitely have one step back, and uh, you know maybe a draw won't go in this. You know you need it. You need you need to stop the win loss win loss win loss rut. So. Uh, yeah, let's hope for more positive news next week. But uh, yeah, a six hundred and seventeen in attendance, so good a good amount of numbers for that kind of game. But in that league, Hornchurch are absolutely running away with it. Fourteen fourteen played, twelve wins, two losses, a massive thirty eight points score uh, scored already or accumulated with a plus thirty one goal difference. So you know, shout out Hornchurch in that league there. They're romping away with it, definitely. And only one point can VR behind uh, Hashtag United as well. So, mm-hmm. and got two games in hand over them. So, who knows? It might be a, uh, they might, I don't know, lost to him, I think, semi-recently. Or may, may, they might be playing them semi-recently. I'm not sure. But let's hope for some more positive news next week from from Canvey. And as we always say on the EFL sesh, 
up the canvi. Um, Joe, well, that is the end of the podcast, and uh, I'll plug all the socials before we finish. But any final thoughts from you, my friend? No, you've put me on the spot again. No, yeah, no, I, I, no my, my final thought is um, nothing. Blank, blank space blank. in my mind. Nada. I'm out. You've got all of my AFL knowledge. Um, do with it what you will. Yeah, that's what comes, uh, you know, what's, what's the phrase? Um, something big responsibility, isn't it? What's uh, I, this is the hand lickers all over again. Yeah, hand lickers. Uh, it's like comes. Are you talking about the Spider-Man thing where he's like, oh, no, now I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah. What does he say? He's like, with great with great power comes great responsibility. responsibility that's it. But actually, yes. when you think about that, what is he talking about? Like, he's just found out that his... Who says that? Is it? Is it his uncle? So his uncle's just found yeah, out that yeah. his, like, nephew is a bit of a spider. And yes. he's like, oh, well, careful with that power. You're, you're creepy crawly like that. Well, now you've got a lot of responsibility to eat a lot of flies and, like, yeah. I don't know, splash webs about. Oh, uh, weird. Well, like, I've never deep dived that before, but that is a strange phrase. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think we could probably end the podcast on a stranger note. So <laughs> uh, follow us on all the socials at EFL Sesh Pod on, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, listen to us on all your fame on all your uh, streaming platforms and podcast platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Give us a five star review. Massively helps us out. Share it with your friends, family, dog, animals, whatever. We don't discriminate. And as always, it's a pleasure speaking to you and have a good rest of your day, morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you listen to this pod. And we will speak to you after the international break because I'm going on my own international break to Gran Canaria. Um, Joe's probably not going on international break and uh, going into hibernation for a week. And we'll speak to you in a couple. Ta-da.